Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Purpose University podcast, your source of inspiration as you seek to create your best life and be your most authentic self. I am your host, Dr. Eve, and I am so glad that you have decided to join me at this time. If this is your first time tuning in, I want to say thank you for checking out the show, and I certainly hope you'll come back for more. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, folks, I'm super excited today to have Janae Adams on the Purpose University podcast. Let me tell you all, I met Janae back in December during a conference where we both spoke, and she is amazing. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is an international speaker, author, and the CEO of EMAC Consulting. When she graduated from college, she had $50,000 of debt. But in two years, y'all listen, two years, she gotten herself out of that. Since she's been traveling the world, speaking for corporations, high schools, and nonprofits, and you name it, anybody who's going to definitely listen and need to learn about financial literacy. She's also the author. So I said she's author. She authored two books. Okay. She just, just released her, her second one, which is the money attractor. Everyone's got to winning with money so they can live their dreams. And the first one is Debt Sucks University. you got to check her out because Enterprise, Black Enterprise, Fox Business, Jet Magazine, Huffington Post have all checked her out. Just to name a few. Janae, welcome to the Purpose University podcast. How are you? I'm great, and thank you for having me. Great, great. Thank you for coming onto the show. I'm glad to hear that you are great. And again, I want to thank you for taking the time to sit with us and chat about you, really, and and sharing your expertise, but especially your experience being a first-generation college graduate. Um, So before we get too far into the first-gen stuff, which is my favorite part, tell us about Uh yourself. I guess what parts I may have missed. (laughs) Who are you and what is it that you do? What's your story? Well, I am a international speaker, like you said, and I just really love to share my story with people around the world about how I paid that $50,000 of debt off in two years. And really what it's about is showing people that I used to be where you are right now and I was able to get out of it. So it's hope for you as well if you just take the steps that I give you and really look after your why and go for it. So I am a, I'm also a mother of two beautiful children, a six-year-old and a 10-year-old, and then I'm also a wife. And definitely, I am a child of God, and I love what I do. It's my passion. It's what wakes me up every morning. Mm, I love that. Loving the idea of working from your why and loving to get up every morning. It's nothing in the world like it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to ask a question. I'm sure a lot of people want to know. How in the world did you even get to $50,000 a day? <laughs> what did you, what happened? <laughs> and my story is so different than so many people because I actually went to college on a full ride tennis scholarship. So mm. everything was free for me with school. Thank goodness. And like you said, I am a first generation graduate. So my mother was definitely, if you don't get a tennis scholarship, you're not going out of state. You better figure mm. it out. So I did get a tennis scholarship. And it's when I got out of college is when the debt happened. And the first one was getting married. He had $25,000 of debt of school loans for one year of college because he thought he was on a basketball scholarship and he wasn't for all four years. He come to find out. And then after that, we ended up buying a car. You know how everybody wants to live that American dream. You have to have mm-hmm. a car. You have to have a brand new one. And so that was the other twenty five grand. So with just those two items, student loans and a car, $50,000 in debt. So I'm sure people listening that are thinking, I already have student loan debt and she didn't even have it and she still ended up in 50000 So I am a warning 
Absolutely. So it's just really interesting because, again, like you said, you were first gen and you got to go to school in the full academic scholarship was a a really big deal. What even made you want to go to college in the first place? Well, that's just what it was. It it was basically and that's that's my my, my mindset growing up the whole time, whether it was people telling me or just was ingrained in me is that you're going to go to college and going to college gets you a career. It makes Mm. you rich. That's what that's what it was always it's like. No, no matter what, the end goal is college. Period. Doesn't matter if you go pro in tennis or whatever. Tennis is the vehicle to get you there. But you're going there to get a job, a career, and make some good money, more money than you've ever made in your life. And so, the money was the motivating factor. <laughs> All the time in college, I was looking at salaries. Okay, brand mm. manager makes this. All right, marketing manager makes that because I was a business mate. Okay, this person, I was looking at salaries. What can I make? It wasn't mm. about the passion at first or anything. So that's why I'm so thankful for what I do today because it, the money comes and goes, and, but it's like you love it so much. But it definitely was about you're going to go to college. <laughs> the money is going to be great if you go to college. Mm, that's what they say. But they definitely tell you again, your, what you do matters because I went to college, yeah. got a mass comm degree, ended up in education. So, yeah, it, it definitely oh, no, And that's what I tell students. I tell students that all the time. Um, I, I say, you need to know what you're going into and what the career prospects are coming out. Because I used to have college professors tell us, if you think you're going to make you know, more than thirty five or forty thousand dollars, then you're dreaming. And in my head I was, I was saying the devil is a lie. I'm coming out uh-huh. at least fifty. <laughs> and I came out making fifty five. so nice. I, I made I made forty five as an intern because I was so determined that I was gonna make good money. And that wasn't counting bonus. And so I always tell students, you just depend on what you wanna make is and your passion is you need to look at what those those numbers look like after college because you can't mm. go into all this debt and then come out making thirty thousand dollars that just don't make sense i don't care what your dream school is you, if you want that dream career like that passion you want to help people so let's say social work you want to help people that's your passion you can't go to a fifty thousand dollar year school and think you're mm. gonna make it as a social worker it just doesn't work that way i know that's real so thinking about you know, you graduating and you said you came mm-hmm. out making 55. Um, yep, 55. So it sounds like your story is a little bit different from some people's story. I mean, of course it would be. But a lot of people graduate and don't have a job. <laughs> they, they graduate yeah. and they go home to be on their mom or their <laughs> grandma couch to figure it out. Um, so what happened for you after you graduated that was like, wow, 55? Because that was making it. <laughs> you know, that was making yeah. it. Especially in first year, that's making it. Yeah, yeah, that is making it. And it, it was all intentional when I was in college. I was a tennis player, which means we could not get jobs. We could not do internships unless we got ahead in our year. So for the first mm. two years of college, first two summers, I had to go to school in the summer at a local college at home. I had to go both sessions to get ahead of year so I can get permission to miss my fall semester, my senior year, to do an internship. And so I only had one chance to the type of internship I wanted to get because I only had one option because most times internships do turn into jobs if it's done right. And so I said, this has to be the right company. This has to be the company I want to work for afterwards and everything. And it just happened that, uh, and this is like in my first book, this story, and I share it on stage, is that somebody from Pfizer Pharmaceuticals came and he was an alumni of the school 
and he was giving out fifty dollar bills to students for answers about the Orangeburg massacre, which happened on our campus in nineteen sixty nineteen sixty eight. And and I said to myself, I don't know what he does, but I need to know who he works for that he's able to give out fifty dollar bills. And that's how. I <laughs> I am serious. Like, when I tell you everything was money motivated in college about where I was going to work, it was. This man gave out $50 bills, and I ended up in the industry for eight years because of that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, but let's let's tap into that a little bit because you said everything yeah. was money motivated. Why? It's just that I'm, I guess I've always loved money growing up. Like, I used to sell, I had a, a bubblegum machine when I was little that I got for Christmas. You could have just turned it. You can put a pin in it. You could just turn it and, and uh, gum would come out. But I used to have kids come in with a quarter to get a handful of little gumballs. So I've always been someone who's tried to make money growing up. And so I just think that was my mentality going forward. Whenever it came to college, I always sold stuff. I sold stuff in, in college. I sold chips to my roommates for a dollar that I didn't want that my mama bought. I've always been that kind of business-minded person. And I always wanted to get paid you know what I wanted I didn't care what anybody said so it's just it's just always been ingrained in me and I know that money is not everything but money gives you options mm. and that's that's what it's mm. about because I, I didn't grow up you know dirt poor nothing like that I was middle class two working parents my senior year that January my father died of a heart attack and so mm. it's just like I've got to do it I you know it's my mama left now uh, my brothers are older it's me and, you know, I got the opportunity to go to college and do the best that I can and make as much as I can so we can have the best life ever. <laughs> and that's, but that's my mentality. Real. Yeah. But that's real. And then thinking about a lot of first gens, too, because like you said, you were middle class. Um, there are several who are from the low ACS background like yeah. myself. And money has been the motivation for some things yeah. because I don't want to be broke like I was when I was growing up. And yeah. like you said, money gives you options. Like when you don't have money, that's the difference between going to Burger King or going to a gourmet burger spot. And sometimes yeah. you don't, you want to have those experiences, but only money can give you that. But you're right that it's not everything. Cause even you said earlier how you started to tap into your passion work or mm -hmm. you realize that while money is something special that, you know, you agree for what you're doing now because it gets you out of bed in the morning. So with that, my, my thought is, at what point did you realize you were living your best life? I would say when these students, and most of the times I'm speaking to college students, when they email me or DM me and, and they say that story you shared about the homeless woman in Indiana and how your your tips you gave her, I taught to make money, that I want to let you know that me and my brother are also homeless. And mm. you gave us hope with that story. And mm. we're going to try to figure out what we are good at that doesn't take any money but can make us money. I get those kind of messages all the time based off of stories that I have shared on stage and just my, my own life. And, I, you know, even this year, I've gone to a lot of PWIs. And even though it's a PWI, a private white institution, it's still they still have a large African-American population that comes to hear me speak. And it, I, I would say seven young ladies this semester from different schools came up to me and said, it's so great to see someone who looks like me and, and mm. talking about money. Like, not only looks like me, but talking about money. And I, I mean, it's a story. I mean, parents who inbox me say, thank you. My son said, you talked to his institution a couple of weeks ago. And he came home excited, said, mom, we can do this. I'm, you, she was in the same situation you in. We can do this. I know how we can do this. 
So that is, I mean, I get like goosebumps just, just thinking about it. And that's what gets me up in the morning because, you know, every time I get tired and I get frustrated because somebody said no, I say, you know what? It's somebody out there that needs me to keep going. Somebody mm-hmm. out there that needs me to keep fighting for the yes because it's going to change their life. I can absolutely see that. So going back to your time as a college student mm-hmm. and when you were thinking about what next, what do you wish somebody would have told you about life after you graduated? I would say travel more at the time. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I say that is because it, <laughs> at the time, I, I had, so I saved, I saved really good. Like, you know, at the college, I made good money and I was saving it and saving it. And now I look back today, I was like, you're not even sure you could have took. But I had that <laughs> mentality. I don't want to lose nothing. I don't. Mm. I can't lose this thousand dollars. I can't lose this mm. three thousand. And it, it, it's just thousands sitting in the bank account. But I'm just like, I can't lose it. I can't lose mm. it. And I think about it today, and that's why I'm starting to shift my focus with my business to whenever I, I'm going to speak somewhere. How can my my family and I make this into a trip? And I'm, I'm consciously doing that now, so that we can travel more. Uh, I'm working, but we also are traveling at the same time. So I'm actually getting to the point where I am going to travel more because I work so much that it's hard for us to pick a vacation in there. But now I am what that regret I have from after college where I could have been just gone <laughs> everywhere mm-hmm. that I wanted to go. I am, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm fixing it now so that now it's going to be four of us instead of just one of us experiencing it. That's really cool. Uh, family first. And imagine that you value family. Yes. Being an entrepreneur has allowed you to be able to include them. So that's mm-hmm. real nice thinking about what the future looks like and how you make up for the time you lost. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Congrats to you for having figured out a way to make it work. So I'm just wanting to kind of touch a little bit now on adversity. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about a time that you were faced with adversity and how was it that you overcame it? It was um, during a time, and I would say probably went before I went full-time, not even before I went full-time into my speaking engagement, uh, speaking, but before I got laid off and found out I was in a $50,000 of debt. That, those wow. two years leading up to that, yeah, those two years leading up to that, that was hard because I couldn't understand why, because I, what I did was I used to work in Bloomington, Indiana for three years. And hmm. I ended up transferring back home because I missed home. And that, and when I transferred home, that's when I got married. But those three years after college, I was top notch in the company. Uh, you know, bonuses, awards, trips, all of that. And I transferred home and I still was getting awards and that kind of stuff. But the manager was just so against me. And it was a, you know, stressful for two years. And I mean stressful for two years and that. That that realized that helped me realize that it wasn't for me, and I had and if I didn't get fired, laid off in two thousand eight, I wouldn't have never known I was in the fifty thousand dollars of debt. <laughs> I found mm. it out after I got laid off. So wow! So really? So guys. you just didn't know? Really? Oh no, no! How did you not know? Because <laughs> we because think about it, it's all to all of us. It's just numbers on paper. As long as the money's uh. coming in and everybody's getting paid their minimum payment, we good. It's going to mm. be plenty of listeners that hear this and they don't know to the penny what their student loans are or what their car loan is. They they know their payment. Now, they'll know that their car payment is $425 a month, but they will not know that they owe still $22,572 left. You see? And that's how it <laughs> works. Right. That's how it works. But when I got laid off that day, I started opening up statements. 
Mm. Oh my goodness. We owe this much money and now my 60% of our income is gone and a car and a health insurance. All of mm. <laughs> so that, that was the most adversity I have faced in my life, but it led to where I'm at today. So I'm thankful mm. for it, but it was a stressful time. So was it at that point that you started your business as well? I then started because really at the time it was all about, Janae, we got to just get out of this debt. Like, mm-hmm. you need to get another job <laughs> so we can pay this off. And it was like towards the end of paying it off, which like near the end of the two-year mark, that people started asking me, Janae, can you come speak to our women's group? Can you come speak to our church group? And then one time I got a check and I said, huh, maybe this can be <laughs> money motivated again. <laughs> wow. But I was I was always passionate about personal finance, even when I was working the first time and, you know, getting into debt. I still was looking for ways to make money as far as using tax liens and buying tax liens and, you know, investing. I always was about money and growing wealth. It's just that this new way is I'm helping other people not only grow wealth, but before they get there, let's get your finances completely straightened out first. So that there's no going back. So it is. It, it was money motivated at first, but just to see the changes in people over the last seven years has been, you know, just awesome. Nice, because I know sometimes, and I ask the question because I know sometimes people will start a business or start a venture mm-hmm. while they're working through something. <laughs> and so it's yeah. just nice to know that for you, it was inspired by. Oh, wow, you did it. Oh, yeah, I did. I can teach people this. And then to know that it meant so much. So thank you for for sharing that as well, because as an entrepreneur, I know that's something that you really pride yourself on being. Um, It's also teaching that get out of debt first, then start the business, <laughs> you know, if you can, because yeah. you didn't have the means to even be able to do it, yet alone even know, because I imagine what you've learned from that has also helped you in your business finances. It, it definitely has, because you um, a lot of people before they jump out and they, they're like me, they, they're just tired of that job. They're tired of listening to somebody else tell them how to do things and it makes them want to rush into that business. But you need to have um, just a stable platform, a stable foundation with that business because you don't want to have to go back to the people. You don't want to mm. have to go back to that job. And that's what you got. That's what calms people down. That's what, you know, whenever I'm trying to tell people about entrepreneurship, I said, just I said, it's okay. Just take it because you got to remember that that paycheck is funding your dream. And if you think about mm. it that way, then the next time they say something to you that you don't like, it won't bother you as much because you're saying to yourself, <laughs> I'm using <laughs> You're saying to yourself, I'm using you. You think you're using me? I'm using you to fund this mm. next, my million dollar life that's about to happen. So you can say whatever mm. you want to say. You're probably miserable in your life and that's fine. But I know I'm going to take this paycheck and I'm going to invest this in my business. I'll come back tomorrow and I'm going to take that paycheck. <laughs> I'm investing in this business and I'm going to leave and I'm going to have, I'm going to be just fine and y'all ain't never going to see me again. Well, oh, just like that. <laughs> just like that. Well, no, but real, I, you know, I've had to tell people because like my, my experience with having transitioned to entrepreneurship was one that mm-hmm. I didn't think through. Not because I didn't want to, but because I did not plan on becoming an entrepreneur. Um, I left for one reason and 
during that time, I was like, I should try working for myself. But when people yeah. are telling me how much they are struggling in their jobs or not liking them or whatever, I always give them the same perspective. You've got to think about them as an investor. And, you know, until you mm-hmm. can do what you want to do, bite the bullet and, and handle your business. Yeah. Like, that's just what it is. Yeah. So um, thinking about all things, being first gen entrepreneur, having lost your job, uh, you've had a lot going on. <laughs> um, then. <laughs> just the journey maybe really but it's it's life right that's the thing about being an adult people tell you yeah. you better enjoy being a child you're like okay i enjoy it then mm-hmm. you get grown and you're like oh that's what they meant <laughs> exactly. but um what would you say is the best advice someone has ever given to you the best advice i got and i received in college and i was on that interview for that pharmaceutical job that internship and they told me i don't care where your piece of paper came from i care about how much money you're gonna make me and that was the realest <laughs> thing they could have told me because I, I said and and they and it proved to me once I got on the internship on the internship I was feminized someone who had an MBA and they were making the same exact money I was making as an intern and I mm. said to myself this company and this industry does not care everybody gonna mm. start where they gonna start and how you gonna make more money is how much you make us and that's how it was the entire time I was there they did not care about your piece of paper your I mean the degrees you had if you don't come in here and make us no money you gonna get fired well, <laughs> and if you make just us like money, guess what yeah you're gonna get tens of thousands of dollars in bonus but if you don't make no more money you're gonna get on a plan and you're gonna get out of here mm. Because so that's, that's just how it is. I ever got. Yeah, it just, I mean, in business, definitely, that is how it is. If It doesn't matter what company it is. If you're in corporate America, if you're in a business world, they care about the bottom line. They want to, they've mm. been here 100 years and they're trying to be here another 300. And you got to mm. be a part of that or you got to get out. That, that's real. <laughs> um, <laughs> so all things considered too what would you say has been the most challenging aspect of navigating life as a first gen as a first gen it's just i would say a lot of it is i would say the pressure of it i mean mm. especially when you're in college because you know you're the one that's gotta get you're gonna be the first one <laughs> your sophomore year junior year you're almost there you're gonna be the first one and you want to get the, in my opinion, I wanted to get the best grades. I wanted to be number one on team. I needed to make sure I got an internship making, you know, making money and come out making money because the way first gen and just with America in general, it's like we got to move through these steps in life. You can't, you can't miss the steps you got. And my life was, in my head was so planned out. Janae, you go to college, you graduate, you get married, you have kids. Well, first you get a house. <laughs> and, <that's how> I <laughs> and and I and I and it's just and that's the pressure. And a lot of first gen parents do that. Not that my mom really did that, but you can tell when we sat on the back of the porch with my house when I got it built. And she said, "Janae, you done did it." And mm. I felt so proud. But but that was before the, I found out fifty thousand dollars in debt. The the <laughs> smart thing to do because <laughs> we're we're looking for that. That's where the pressure comes from. We're looking for mama and daddy. Or whoever mm. stay with to say, great job. I'm so proud of you. That kind mm-hmm. of stuff. What, what made sense is Janae should have stayed in an apartment for two or three more years and saved up a down payment for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like that pressure for first generation people because we're just trying to be better. Like mm. they done sacrificed my mama. I mean, tennis lessons are not cheap. And I prom- they're not cheap. Those tennis rackets cost $225 each. 
Like, I mm. knew that was pressure. I got to get a scholarship. And I'm telling you, I went hard for those scholarships. I actually had somebody drive me down to South Carolina State where I ended up going because I could not get him on the phone. We went in his classroom because he was a teacher on campus and showed him my tape. And that's how I got my scholarship. That is a 17 year old. <laughs> so that's the kind yeah, of you that I put on myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's the but kind you of understood. You had to. Yeah. That's $225 yeah. for a tennis racket. Listen. Yes. Listen. Uh, yes. I feel bad about all the ones I used to, to throw two. around now. <laughs> yeah. That's and a you lot have of money. to have two of them. Yeah. It's, and, uh-uh. and the lessons, like, we, we found, thank goodness, we got to a point that a lot of tennis pros, like at country clubs, they wanted to just coach me because I had, we had gotten that great. And so people who were $125 an hour would do it for free so that they could mm. say that they were training me. But that's nice. how expensive tennis is. And so I knew that she done spent all this money, took me to all these tournaments. I've got to get a scholarship. My mama can't pay, pay a dime for college. And that's how mm. it just, that's the stress. That was stressful. And that was the challenge going through college. And not only am I here, but I can't disappoint her with my grades. I don't care what I'm mm-hmm. doing. I got to stay on the tennis team and my grades got to be this. And that's how I ended up getting summa cum laude. It was that, that kind of stuff. I mean, all of it pushed me to greatness, but it was stressful the entire time. <laughs> Mm, mm. So how how then have you been able, I mean, just, just curious, how have you been able now as an adult to manage that stress? Do you still feel that same pressure? And I don't feel that pressure from her because, you know, she, she made, like, at first when I was going into being a full-time entrepreneur, she, of course, said, you know, you sure about this? <laughs> I, said, I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I'm sure. But that, that also, you know, I also, of course, still want to make her proud, but I want her not to ever have to worry about nothing ever again so it's a mm. new kind of pressure that you know I, I got the I got the energy I'm young I got I got the you know the mental part the business part as hard as I grind that means that you don't ever have to worry about nothing for the rest of your life that's that's the stress now but that's good stress that's, mm. that's stress I want because you ain't gonna spend your years in a Medicaid nursing home not not with me alive <laughs> <laughs> not with me alive you know, because that's so many times with, you know, lower income, African-Americans. A lot of times our grandparents and parents spend their they last days in nursing mm-hmm. homes they shouldn't be in. And so mm-hmm. that's what she ain't going to do. <laughs> so that that's the pressure I put on me now. And I want her to travel more. I used to send her on trips all the time before I found out $50,000 in debt. <laughs> but once once we got out of it, of course, we went to Costa Rica. We done been to Jamaica since then. But I want her to go across the water. And I want my mother-in-law and father-in-law to go across the water. I want our whole family to travel. Like stuff that they ain't never got to do. They, they mamas and daddies didn't get to do. Sisters and brothers, we go do that. And so that stress and that grind, is that's worth it. Like I can't wait to get up in the morning to make sure that that happens. Absolutely. Well, that is, um, I'm telling you, look, to find the motivation. And whatever you yeah. do, find a motivation. And it's nice to know that you yeah. have know what motivates you. Like, you know, and like you said, getting that money. Um, yeah. As we're closing <laughs> up, you know, I have one one more thing that I like to just know or to ask, rather. What do you want listeners to walk away with? I, I just want them to walk away with that. If you're in debt, if you owe people and so forth, if you're trying to get your money together, just understand that, yes, it's going to be hard. But you're going to say no for a short period of time so you can say yes for the rest of your life. And that's what I want them mm, to know. Mm, 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 mm. Well, I have really enjoyed this conversation with you today because that's what it is. 
And thank you for your jewels of wisdom. Thank you for taking your own your own chance on yourself to even become entrepreneurs such that we'd even cross paths and I'd learn about mm-hmm. your work. How can we find you in the social media space or the internet space, period? Yes. So I think the best way to find everything is on Instagram and that's Janae Adam Speaker. Spell like Janet. So J-A-N-E-T-A-D-A-M-S-S-P-E-A-K. And then, of course, my website is uh, debt. D-E-B-T SucksUniversity.com and you can find a lot of things there as well. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for your time, Janae. Have a wonderful evening. Until next time, we'll catch up with you. All right. Thank you for having me. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in. Before you go, just a few things to note. Uh, First and foremost, let's get connected on Instagram and or LinkedIn. You can find me at E-V-E-H-U-D-S-O-N-P-H-D on both social networks. Don't forget to head on over to check out my site at www.evehudsonphd.com. And if you should decide to purchase a book or apparel just for listening to this podcast, you get 10% off of your order. Just use the code podcast when you check out. Last, but certainly not the least, in all that you do, remember to be resilient, authentic, and intentional. I'm out.